Welcome to this bonus episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about something that has been pretty big in the news this week or last week, whatever, whenever this comes out. I don't know exactly when we'll actually release this. Um, today I am joined by the polar bear Matt Roberts and Stephen Coriander. Now, Stephen, that's the second time you've been on the podcast in recent times that I nearly called you by your real name because I was Ooh. reading it on the Skype screen and I thought, oh, 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 oh and then I luckily came up with coriander so it's all good it's all good i should change my skype login really shouldn't i it's yeah you probably should yeah it's all yeah, a mystery yeah. you are Stephen coriander on my whatsapp so you know that and mm. in my phone book so it's all good um but it's just i like that a lot yeah so the, to be honest i was i've been thinking about the bonus episode for a few weeks because we've this is the first episode peek behind the curtain it's the first episode we have recorded in the new year even though actually our wrestlemania 8 episode came out on sunday the 8th of january we did that well before christmas we stacked up the episodes that we could all take a little break over christmas and so i've been thinking about what the bonus episode we would do today was going to be because there's been i was thinking about a 2023 preview to be honest that was the thing i was thinking about and then there was all the stuff about Karen Jarrett. I don't know if anyone saw that and the, the, the accusations she made about Kurt Angle's affairs whilst he was in WWE. And I thought, oh, that'd be quite nice and salacious. Let's talk about that. A little <laughs> bit of gossip for everyone. Everyone loves a bit of that. And then all the stuff with Sasha Banks turning up at Wrestle Kingdom, which most people knew beforehand anyway. Monet. Yeah, Monet. that's right. Yeah, sorry, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm going to struggle to call her by a new a new non-WWEFI name, I'm afraid. But then the big news that took place towards the end of, I believe, the week before this comes out, as I said, I don't know when we're actually going to release this, came along with Vince McMahon returning ultimately to the board of WWE. Now, this came on the back of some interesting little maneuverings going on. So it sounds, first of all, it sounds like that the board were trying to there was some I, I did read one report where it basically said the WWE board were trying to maximize the returns for its shareholders and there are two key ways in which they wanted to do this one was through a newly negotiated media deal for Raw and Smackdown which is one of the main income generators for WWE as it stands and the second one was a potential sale of the company both of which effectively relied on Vince McMahon to vote in favor of them because he remains the majority shareholder of WWE and apparently Apparently, according to these reports, Vince McMahon turned around and said, well, I'm not going to vote for them unless you install me back onto the board, at which point the board pretty much had no choice but to bring him back. Along with Vince McMahon has come Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, two of the people that also left WWE's board last year when Vince McMahon was pushed out and have been close allies of Vince McMahon for some time, with three board members making way for them and then a further two board members since resigned as well. So, turmoil you could say at the top of wwe all of the rumor in indiana was put to an end when triple h or paul Levesque, as his real name is of course stephanie and nick khan made a joint statement saying that vince mcmahon was back it was in typical wwe language you know the founder of wwe has returned and all this kind of stuff so i thought we better talk about it really because i think 2022 was characterized as a big year because it was seemingly the last year Vince McMahon would be involved in the company. Now looks like 2023 is going to be an even bigger year because potentially the company might even be sold probably to Disney or some other major corporation. And certainly Vince is back, though. So that might have put the kibosh and all the good stuff we've seen. A lot of people have been saying anyway over the last six, seven months since Vince went. Where do you want to start, guys? I don't know where to, how to pick this, how to pick the bones out of this. Oh, my God. You know, you're right. Where the hell do you start? I mean, that son of a bitch just won't go away, will he? <laughs> my God. It's, it's really hard to, to fathom that 
I really didn't think that it would happen, if I'm being totally honest. I, I honestly didn't expect him back. The, the fact that he is back, for me, yes. Like, there, there seems to be reports that, you know, he seems to have, because he's the majority shareholder, he seems to have, you know, permission to agree or deny, like, the, the next major rights TV deal. And I think that that's probably the key thing in here, because I, I think above all else, I think what's been made abundantly clear is just how important to Vince selling WWE is. I mean, that's quite clearly the, that that's his goal. I mean, if ever it's, it's been a doubt, I think it's now completely clear that he desperately wants to be seen as the, you know, the sort of ultimate businessman who, made, you know, took the WWE to created it. He made it the biggest thing ever to him and was able to eventually sell it, hopefully for, you know, billions. I'm assuming that's what he's looking to do. And that really does seem to be the ultimate goal. Um, I'm really shocked that he's been able to to worm his way back in there because you know if it wasn't for him having like approval rights over TV deals and things like that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, reports seem to indicate the numbers seem to be up, morale seems to be a lot better with him being gone. I, I would have thought it would have been a nightmare with him coming back, but like I said, he he's done it. I, I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and say, you know, if, if he's really that desperate to get back and to try and sell, I, I think a sale could happen by the end of the year or possibly early next year. Maybe it might be to Disney or something like that. And how crazy would that be? Disney owning WWE. But yeah, what what an absolutely crazy story so far. But he obviously, you know, they didn't have any choice in him coming back. Basically, I think it's the idea. It was a power play. And he said, look, you know what? I'm, I own most of this company still. If you want to sell it at some point in the future, you're going to have to involve me. So get me back on the board, basically, I think is what's effectively happened here. Yeah, 100%. I think the whole sale thing is, is a bit of a ruse. I think this is just about control. This is about getting back control. Vince never wanted to sell before. In fact, the, the, the media landscape just to make a sale was better last summer than it is now. Lots of different media companies are having various problems. I'll just take you behind the curtain on my week and my reaction to this and what a lovely time I was having this week because this week I felt like I got the closest I'll ever get to being a full-time wrestling podcast I had a couple of days off watched Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom you know you've probably seen my my tweets of self-ejaculation over various things that went on on that show the next day I was sitting there watching New Year's Dash having a lovely time Kenny Omega and Okada team together I let out an involuntary scream that's how good of a day I was having then I got the money in the bank news that I couldn't go. And I thought, OK, that's a bit of a kick in the balls, but it's all right. I had a great time. And then Friday or whatever it was, late Thursday night, Vince McMahon's coming back. It's like, what an absolutely awful state of affairs. This guy will be doing things behind the scenes before too long to try and get creative control back. If there's any dip in numbers, though it is a bad time of year for him to be doing that because the road to WrestleMania, you think the creative will be really good and set in place. But this guy is a slimy weasel and he'll do anything he possibly can. This is all about control. This is not about a sale. I don't think Vince will ever want to sell this company. And the only way I'll sell it is to try and stitch up his his, his children. But then again, we don't know what, Um, well, not Shane because he doesn't, doesn't own anything more now, but maybe Stephanie and Triple H. But what I, I don't I don't see really uh, any good long term outcome from this. The other thing to note, which which I, we did a little plug here, we did a 2023 prediction show over on Progress in Moments. We were talking about this as the story broke pretty much on Thursday, and we weren't sure about the legal position with Vince. But actually, there's still federal prosecutors and Securities and Exchange Commission have started inquiries into 12 million dollars that he paid in settlements to women he was alleged to have affairs with. So this is a legal situation because he he basically 
basically he's kind of misappropriated funds that some should be company money, some should be personal money. And that's a crime. So, you know, is is uh, however old Vince, Vince Romani is going to be sent to prison? Probably not with all these lawyers. But this could drag on criminally for years and years and years and years. And is that the right person to have a CEO of, of your company? No. But then they've got they had no choice. So, yeah, it's a pretty torrid thing where you know everyone's looking forward to wrestlemania and you know all the morale's up and like that stuff it's just yeah horrible timing really i, I mean crazy i forgot the announcement of money in the bank in amongst all this stuff which is going to be in london this year and we'll <laughs> likely see the uh I'm, i mean I'm, i'd say likely i don't know how likely but likely possibly see the uh random wrestling review day outing take place although obviously as you said Stephen, you're going to be away i believe is that is that for golf oh hell yeah what yeah. a waste! Of, what a waste of life! What a waste of life! What a waste wow. of life, Stephen. Terrible. The only um, thing to say is, at least it's not AEW at Craven Cottage that night, because I was desperately worried about that. I I did think of that at the time when yeah. I saw you tweet that you couldn't go. I was like, well, Stephen, at least it's not yeah. AEW at Craven Cottage. You're all good. Oh, I don't think that's happening now. I think that's off. But that's just, we don't want to go on a tangent. Well, no, I wonder whether or not actually that was the plan in WWE. That's why WWE snuck in Money in the Bank on that same day. 100%. As I said, I think I've tweeted it, I've said it, and I'm going to say it again the third time I'm going to use this joke. Tony Khan's too busy booking Ring of Honor television for 87 Ring of, uh, Honor Club members. I've messed the joke up the third time. 87 <laughs> Honor Club members, and he is booking a show in their second biggest market. Like, come on. Like, I just don't understand. And it's not that difficult. If it doesn't work, if Craven Cottage is not the one, he's been to Craven Cottage enough times to know is logistically this the right place for wrestling? Are the dress? I've been in the dress rooms at Craven Cottage. They are small. It's not set up. It's you know it's an old school venue. You logistically is it the best place to be? Could you go down the road at the O2, spend a little bit of money, and it'll all be a better experience? Probably, possibly. But you just do it. Just do it. Just book a weekend, and they've cocked it up now because that's Forbidden Door around that time. And when else are you gonna do it? Are we getting a dynamite? Are you gonna sell twenty five thousand tickets for a dynamite at Craven Cottage? I'm saying no. Yeah, he's, he's cocked it again. But is that a shock to anyone that Tony Khan's Tony Khan is completely disorganized <laughs> well talking of tony khan why don't we did why why don't we just explore for a second when we're talking about potential buyers could tony khan buy wwe i think the um the stock price is six billion dollars i think or just under six billion dollars so i suppose it's possible with some financial backing that he could you know uh financial backing investors and bank loans i'm sure he khan could probably raise that to buy it but i just don't think a, i don't think a private purchase is is, is the matt, matt you know more about this than me but if espn plus would have bought or espn would have bought ufc when endeavor bought ufc then they, they'd have paid it off by now wouldn't they in terms of the amount of money that they paid in rights Yes, I, 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 to be honest, that's what I think. In many ways, this is all about. Um, I, I think that, you know that they're looking for that, you know, that that deal the UFC struck, you know, because because it, it was it was it was a billion dollar deal, and I think they think that WWE is worth more than that. So I think they're trying to get a bigger deal than that, and whether or not it'll happen, you know, who who the hell knows? But I, I think that's that's the goal. I mean, obviously, this is one of those things as well. Like I remember. The number of times WWE have overvalued things that they've got. So I remember when um, it must have been about 2015, maybe at some point they had negotiated the television rights deals for Raw and SmackDown. But prior to that renegotiation, they were expecting something like three times the amount of money they eventually got for it. And that was because they looked at NASCAR, I think it was. You'd got a huge, huge deal out of their kind of out of their rights and thought, well, we should be able to do that too. And then didn't. They just couldn't do it. So I think they will massively overvalue what the company's worth. And and also, you know, that's going to feed into those TV negotiations as well, because presumably the TV negotiations are a massive pillar of them being able to sell whatever they 
they do. You know, they, they'll want to get that over the line with a sort of, I don't know, locked in four or five years before they sell that across, because that's another asset that the company will own effectively going into to that sale. So, I mean, I was only it was only a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing with Tony Khan, but I, but I did, I, you know, you never know. I mean, the other thing is, as you said, if he's if he can get the backing, and let's not forget, he could sell himself now as somebody who knows the business. You know, he's got a a mainstream. You know, to to people who don't know, Stephen laughs. laughs. Well, no, no, he's right. He's right to laugh. But to people who don't know the business, i.e., big money investors, he could turn around and say, "Look, I own a number of sports franchises, sports entertainment franchise. You could even argue across the world. I own AEW." which has got a mainstream American television deal, back me and I'll take over WWE and we'll have the entire wrestling world to ourselves. That is just speculation, but he could easily argue that to people who don't know what necessarily what we might know, which is, no, don't do that. He has got a crack. He's got, you know, Tony Khan's got a crack in CB, uh, you know, wrestling booking wise. I mean, he booked Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers in the world, when he was world champion in a triple threat match with Orange Cassidy on pay-per-view. So <laughs> if I had $6 billion, I'd be giving it to Tony Khan to buy WWE. Absolutely. <laughs> I think again, though, I think you're I think you're uh, over egging the amount of um, thought that somebody who's a billionaire investor might might have. I want them to get into granular detail. I want them to, I want them to say to Tony, like this, this dynamite in October 2022, you did this and MJF came out and cut this promo. And it was terrible. Why should I give you the money? Why should I give it to you? <laughs> Maybe you should be the person who oversees the deal. Steve. I would love to. Yeah, I'm available. You can find me on Twitter. DMs are open. <laughs> I just have this feeling. I, I I don't know. I I think Disney are gonna end up t- trying to get involved in this. I mean, God, how how many how many companies have they bought over the years? You know, mm. between you know, yeah. Pixar, 20th Century Fox. I mean, you know, they, they bought everything. You know, they, they're trying to get as much flipping content as they can possibly get. So I I, I could e- easily see it. E- easily see WWE being bought. Is by it over? Them. What um what over the air? Oh no. So I suppose Disney would own the company, and then they'd negotiate over the air deals for Raw and SmackDown. I guess there's no Disney. So, so I don't know. ESPN's owned by Disney, isn't it? Yeah. Though you'd want, I guess, it, I guess Disney for maximum money would want uh, one of those shows on broadcast television. Though I've heard, so NBC Universal is another one that could potentially buy and then put both their shows on big NBC. So you, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty nuts year again, which is exciting. But let's just hope that it ends with Vince as far away from as many human beings as possible, really, and also this company, uh, hopefully. Well, it comes back to that thing about companies, especially entertainment companies now, they're not competing for your money anymore. They're competing for your time. That's what they're competing for. And WWE and what there's a, what is available via Peacock currently and what we can still see as WWE Network is an incredible trove of content. Now, admittedly, most wrestling fans have thoroughly explored that content and probably aren't revisiting it quite so much as they were in 2014 when the network first came out. But it's still there. It's still a huge resource of content and disney plus obviously is their over the top kind of um, streaming service that they've got so again it's another way of of bringing people in and and taking up their time you look at all the like numbers of bloody star wars you know spin-offs and nonsense that there is and that's because they just are trying to feed that kind of need for content wwe provides what six hours seven hours of content every week plus a pay-per-view all the rest of it and even though the network only gets those things like 30 days after they've been released on television that is a new seven hours of content for the streaming service that is on every week anyway so even in that respect it's still feeding that beast so that's 
where I think Disney would be interested in is to say, well, all that content is going to be massive. We still have the TV rights deals for on SmackDown, regardless of where they go. It doesn't matter if they go elsewhere. If they're not on ESPN, it still doesn't matter. We still get the money from that television rights deal. And on top of that, they, they still have the merchandise stuff that they do, the live attendance money that they bring in. There's still an awful lot of money to be made from WWE. Big time. Definitely. Just for a second, just imagine you go to, you know, you go to Disney, you go to Magic Kingdom, and then all of a sudden you take a look and you see The Undertaker's Haunted Mansion (laughs) or something like that. You could have gone anywhere other than The Undertaker, Matt. If you'd have gone, (laughs) I don't know, uh, I was going to say Triple H making burgers. I don't want to see that. (laughs) That's a very sad situation. If Vince is back in charge and the only job will give Triple H is making burgers at Disneyland. Um, Yeah, sorry, back to you. You've got better ideas than I have than Triple H making burgers. Yeah, I stand by Taker's Haunted Mansion. That's that's probably worth going with first. But you know what? To be honest, though, WWE was has been seemingly, in my mind, has been going in that kind of direction for a couple of years, at least a couple of years. I mean, the whole Fiend stuff with Bray Wyatt was that kind of stuff, wasn't it? You know, it was almost like he was barely a wrestler by the end. It was almost like we're just we're just going to have you do strange things and skits and strange backstage stuff. And that thing, I mean, we'll get to it eventually in our WrestleMania series. But that thing with John Cena is, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just um, not getting it. Maybe I'm just not understanding it. But that thing at WrestleMania 36 with John Cena was not for me in any way, shape or form. Could I just call you up on something or clarify a comment there, Ben? You did say Bray Wyatt was barely a wrestler by the end rather than Bray, Re- Bray Wyatt's barely a wrestler at the start. <laughs> I am not as down on Bray Wrestler as a, as a worker as, as some might be. but um, The career so- killer, Bray Wyatt. But even even if you consider him a bad wrestler, he was barely even that by the end. Like he he, yeah. he just it didn't seem to ever compete in matches. Bray's um, fine. It's just that 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 gimmick was was death basically for for everybody else. So yeah, Bray's okay. Bray's okay. I'll take some of that back. <laughs> nope. No, you put it out there now. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> too late. So obviously the fear has got to be that Vince McMahon takes over creative control as you said Stephen worms his way back into that area of it he might be clever enough to wait until after Wrestlemania to make this yeah. this case I'm sure he might turn around and go oh you know everything's fine then Wrestlemania a couple of weeks after that look at the numbers get me in there I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sort it all out again I've tweeted that that's the best that, that this is the best thing that could have happened you know entirely for AEW <laughs> um, Vince McMahon returning to WWE and I, I, I do want to explore that just a little bit that the impact that Vince McMahon's leaving had on AEW and the impact that it might have him coming back. Because I genuinely think that since Vince went and Triple H, and since wrestling fans perceived Triple H's return as being a really, uh, or his ascension to the top as being a really important thing, it's hit AEW. I think there are a lot of people who are looking for something more substantial in their wrestling product who were pinning their hopes on AEW and have since then since Triple H has sort of ascended, have gone, oh, actually, WWE might be the place for me again now. I think even, Stephen, you've kind of succumbed to that a little bit. You've been watching a bit more WWE over the last six months or so. And obviously, you've also been a massive critic of AEW. Now, I'm not saying you would suddenly go, oh, AEW's great again, but it certainly you would, you're less likely to stick with AEW whilst WWE is actually providing you what you need. Yeah, I think... I'm probably at a place now with WWE where, you know, there's only so many hours in the week. Um, well, yeah, and again, I don't want to plug my own podcast again, but I went on a big sort of tangent about this in terms of 
there is this is like you said in terms of time these companies are time you know we've we've all got different stuff going on in our lives that reduces our time for just sitting down i'm going to watch two hour or three hour wrestling show i'm at a place now with WWE. If, if i've got time in the week i will fast forward through raw and smackdown i'll watch the promos i'll see the finishes get a general feeling of what's going on but dynamite before that i would watch every minute of dynamite every single week and i'd make it a point to do that which i which i just don't do anymore and i think that i feel in quite a good place with WWE. Like, i'm interested in what's going on you know i might you know i might listen to a podcast about it afterwards if i've if i've had a you know a couple of hours to watch a show in in, in great detail but I think you're completely right. Goodwill is such a such a thi- such a massive thing. New Japan had it for years, and that kind of went into AEW. If you've got the Dave Meltzers of this world, this is the best thing ever. This is such good wrestling. All of these people are so good, and then WWE is so bad, and this 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 and that and the other. And Vince is past it, and Vince has lost the plot, and blah 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 blah. But all of that kind of it was almost like a like a, the air went out when Vince went, and it was like everyone could breathe again with WWE, and everyone could want the product to be good. And I think that's such a good thing. And actually, AEW have dug their own—I don't want to say grave because they're not, you know, they're not, they're not going out of business. I don't think anytime soon. But they—they—they've done this because he's—he's—he's he's, he's lost. I think with Rampage, he's lost, he's lost the ability to put good consecutive television together. And, and as I say, in the pandemic, it wasn't a case of there was so little going on in the pandemic that Dynamite became, you know, must see television. Dynamite in the pandemic was really good wrestling television with 700 people or a thousand people in Daily's Place one week. And in the following week, no one in there. And they played around with the sound, but they made it work and they edited it and all that sort of stuff. Every single week, Dynamite was good. Not every week, most weeks, four four weeks out of five, Dynamite was good. And no one can make make an argument to me as to why, with all that talent, that Dynamite now is worse. Kenny Omega stuck in trio's purgatory. Brian Danielson killed him. And now they, they're trying to push him in the main event of a pay-per-view. You, you've killed him. He's lost every single big match. You've turned him, you've turned him, you've turned him, you've turned him. Who cares? I don't, they can do an Iron Man match. Like, it doesn't make... Oh. Ben, you shouldn't have asked me about AEW. Well, I, I, you know, let's get back to where, where I was going, though. It's not about the quality of AEW. It's more just about the fact that the quality of WWE means that those people who were perhaps hoping that AEW would be good no longer have to because they can and go. And you can go back home to WWE because exactly. for, for everyone, w, for most people, I did meet a guy in uh, in Tokyo and it, and it made me laugh because it was like, oh, I haven't watched WWE since about you know, 1999. Really? Really haven't? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, Kevin Kelly does a really good job on Japanese commentary. Oh, no, actually... I really prefer the Japanese commentary on New Japan World. Really? Really? Do you speak Japanese? No, 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 no. So you get one out of a, probably 100,000 wrestling fans that's like that. But everyone else, all of us grew up on this stuff. And I think deep down, all of us want it to be good because it's our, it's our childhood, it's our memories. It's, you know, the I remember when the pay-per-view uh, opening came on at Cardiff. Like I was four, I'm, I'm 40 now, I was 40 then. I got chills up my spine. I'm still, a, I'm still a kid at heart when it comes to some of this stuff. And I just want it to be good. I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania. I'd give my left bollock to go to WrestleMania and see <laughs> The Rock wrestling again and i'm praying for that euro millions win but you know this we want this stuff to be good and i think you're, you're absolutely right i think with wwe with vince as long as there's enough noise out there that vince is just involved on the business end of things and triple h is in control of creative then i think this this quietens down and i think i think at the um the kind of all hands yesterday meeting to say that day-to-day is not changing so as long as they can keep getting that out there Leaky to Meltzer and Keller and Sean Ross Sapp and all those sort of people, I do think this will quieten down because nothing's going to happen overnight. 
what happens behind the scenes is, you know, there's loads of stuff in terms of business stuff that we didn't, and I mean pure business rather than wrestling, that we probably weren't that all that interested in uh, or, or didn't know much about until it happened. So I, I, I do think the noise will decrease um, over the coming weeks and it'll be back to, you know, what, what does Roman do at WrestleMania? Is Cody going to win the Royal Rumble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? The, the point is, is ultimately that I think that Vince being back means that AEW have a chance to redeem themselves, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because for those people that have gone, oh, well, Vince is gone. I'm going to go back and look at WWE instead. And I don't need to worry. I don't need to, I don't need to hope that AEW is good anymore. I can just go with WWE because I, I'm, I've got more brand confidence in WWE. I know that sounds like a weird thing, but I imagine that's probably playing on a lot of people's minds. That will potentially, for some people, especially if Vince gets his hand on creative again, will go away and AEW will have the chance to kind of bring back some of those people who were hoping that AEW would be good and could replace WWE because people didn't want what Vince was offering as part of WWE. We will uh, we'll sum up there. That'll be the end. Um, we will be back in a few days' time with our WrestleMania 9 episode. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll cut it there.